0: This is the ARM Subject Matter Expert podcast, hosted by Justin Poulin. Tune in every month as we speak with industry experts to highlight success stories and solutions from the field that advance the healthcare supply chain. And now, Justin Poulin with this month's expert.
1: Justin Pullen from Power Supply here live at ARM23 in Orlando, speaking with Susan Morris, Director of Supply Chain Management at MedStar Montgomery Medical Center. And Susan, it's great to see you here. This is such a wonderful event. And you and I were just talking as we were getting ready to sit down about how great it is to recharge your battery at these annual conferences with ARM. How's it been so far for you?
0: Oh, you're absolutely right. This is This is my favorite conference by far. I am connecting with people that do exactly what I do. It's healthcare supply chain. I'm networking with new colleagues and old friends and... I I was so tired and burnout before I left for the conference it was like oh I just don't know if I can do this and even just yesterday you know last night at the welcome reception and then today with the sessions it's just I can feel my battery getting level getting higher you know the recharge is, is working and I just find so much value here I just really enjoy this a lot it means so much to come It
1: really does and I I feel like we used to get a little bit of a uh, I don't know, a breather in the summer. I wouldn't say a break, but I feel like we used to have a little bit of a breather, and that's just not the case anymore.
0: No, it's not. We're on a July to June fiscal year, and starting even last July, at the beginning of our fiscal year last year, our patient census never really dropped. And it has stayed high, and we have hit numbers that we never expected. Acuity has been high. OR case volumes are going up and you're right it's just been one thing right after another and it's been you know back orders and it's been scrambling to meet the latest need whatever that is the good news is the covid numbers have gone down so you know we're having less of those critical types of patients in the hospital but we aren't getting that break. We're not getting a relief, you know, just a little bit of a pause would be nice once in a while, and we're just not seeing that.
1: Yeah, I I used to feel like maybe some of the strategic initiatives would pause, and that's where the breather would come over the summer, was maybe like implementations. But to your point with like back orders and everything, there's just the numbers, it's a numbers game. It's the activity on a day-to-day basis that's critical to that 24 to 48 hours, I think, that is maintaining that momentum like never before.
0: Yeah. And to your point, there are lots of implementations. There were lots of projects that were put on hold over the last few years because of other crises that needed attention. And we're all tired of talking about COVID, but that really stopped a lot of critical movement forward. And now we're trying to play catch up on all of that. So yeah, you know, we're just not getting that break, but, and I think. Staffing's an issue for a lot of places, too. And in my case, I do have a pretty stable team. I have had a few gaps. But, you know, my team is finally starting to take PTO and things like that, which is great. And they need that. But when you're very lean, it also puts a little bit of stress on everybody else that's left behind. So, But I'm glad they're taking the time off because they need to recharge, too. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, a great theme would be recharging at these conferences (laughs) for sure. and. So I don't know how to segue the best, but you <laughs> have recently gone on this journey to magnet status. And, you know, that, there's a lot that's involved in that. And we, we could probably make a podcast series, you know, of its own just on that conversation. We're going to be focusing on a project you worked on with a two-bin process, so we'll be highlighting that. But, but I do want to just set the table on that journey to magnet status. You know, from a high-level what does that all involve? And especially from, I realize it's not just supply chain, but does it bring you closer to different departments? Like how does that as a whole organizational effort look, what does that look like?
0: Right. And that kind of goes back to the implementations we were talking about before. And this started with our chief nursing officer. So it's really a nursing driven certification and nursing led certification. The magnet for nursing tells the world that you have a state-of-the-art nursing program. And by having magnet status for your nursing team, it also tells a potential employees that this is a good place to work. If they're that focused on quality and great patient care with their nursing team, then that's going to translate into all of the clinical support services. It's going to translate into the operational support services that it's it's a high reliability organization. It's an organization that I want to be a part of. And the Journey to Magnet is a long process. And our nursing teams went through several seminars and training programs learning how to write stories. So it's not like learning how to write a story like you did in seventh grade, where you've got to have like a subject and, you know, and you got to reach the, the climax of the story and then wrap it all up. You've got to have data, you've got to have proof, you've got to have information and graphs and, and stuff that support the projects that you did, if you will, or or the initiatives that you undertook that improved patient care. So I can't just say, I did a great job on XYZ and our patients are happier. It's like, okay, prove it. So where's the data behind it? So it's very in-depth. The nursing team got a crash course in like thesis writing
1: (laughs) (laughs) I bet they love that (laughs) oh yeah
0: they did and the rewrites over and over again and they sent those off to be reviewed by the certifying body and they had a couple more that they got back to have to do some edits on and a little bit of rewrite, but not as many as most organizations do. So now we're at the point where we're looking for our survey, if you will, which the way I understand it is by the time they come and survey your organization, that's more of a formality. They've already decided that you meet all the criteria to be a magnet hospital. And then once they've done their on-site survey, they'll get the certification and we'll have a nice big party and lots of celebrations and everything. But those stories come from all over the hospital. And we had been doing a lot of work with our nursing teams the beginning of 2022, I guess it was. Time has a way of getting away from you. So I think it was at the beginning of 2022, the COVID numbers were high. We had a lot of traveling nurses. We had already started to binning some of our nursing storage areas and they still were struggling because we did a really great job of organizing this space with nursing's help horizontally but we had we could better utilize some space vertically. And there were a lot of critical things that they were missing. Like we had under pads on the shelf, but their patient volume was so high, I didn't have enough under pads and they were running out every day. And nurses were frustrated. And like I said, you have a lot of travelers, so they're running out of stuff. They don't know who to call. They don't know how to get this stuff. So if nurses are frustrated because they don't have what they need to care for their patient, then when they go to take care of the patient, they're either gone longer or they're frustrated when they deal with the patient. So everybody was unhappy. And you know, and if they're running out of bedpans and you are the patient and you need a bedpan and they have to go to another unit on another floor to get you a bedpan. <laughs> I worked as
1: a CNA and a nurse. I definitely remember all of that. It's definitely all the running that could be reduced. is It, it, it does, it, absolutely, it has an impact on patient care because even in your just timeliness, like even if you're still able to get everything you're supposed to get done in your shift, you know, patient care, especially when you talk about bedpans, that's not something that just kind of waits, right? Yeah. That's part that's kind of <laughs> timely for the patient.
0: Well, yeah, and you're not happy of a patient if you have to wait for, <laughs> right. you know, 10 minutes for a bedpan or 20 or whatever. That's not going not gonna to end
1: well. <laughs> yeah, 100% it's not. And I know probably a lot of people out there already know of the tube in. A system, but let's just talk about what that is and how it works. Just in case, maybe somebody's listening and they're they're new to supply chain, or or maybe they worked in a different area, right? And just would not have you know really had that inventory and logistics management experience.
0: Well, and even when we were doing the process, and even today, we still do a lot of education, particularly with our clinical teams, to make sure that they understand what we're doing and why we're doing it and what the theory is behind it. So. Every item has its own bin and its own location on a cart on a shelf, and there are two bins for each item. So let's say that I've got, I'll go through 10 of those bedpans in a week, and that's gross underestimation, but let's say that that's (laughs) what it is. So if I have... 10 as my par, I want to double that. So that could be a par of 20. And then that way means I've got two weeks supply of bedpans or maybe 10 is my total par and I got five in each bin. When I empty out the first bin and I my nursing team is supposed to put that empty bin on the top shelf and then they pull the back bin forward, my team knows when they come in to, to check the par for supplies that any bins that are empty and sitting on top need to be scanned to be reordered. And then when the order comes in the next day, they put the new supply, the resupply, behind what's already sitting on the shelf. So it forces rotation, it builds in some redundancy. So theoretically, unless we're running into some kind of a backorder situation or a, a really odd patient census situation or something just really out of the ordinary, But it forces that redundancy so that they should not be running out of supplies like that, especially critical, everyday needed supplies. It also helps to reduce my expiry because if I'm forcing that turnover, then I'm not automatically putting new product in in front of old and letting something sit back there and expire. So it has lots of benefits, but the biggest benefit for nursing is that they know they're gonna have what they need when they need it. And in many cases, I increased the amount of supply that they had on their units, which helped to prevent Mm, those stockouts. Because you had
1: visibility.
0: Yes. So we were using large, long Pyxis bins before, which had like dividers in between it. So you could have, you could potentially have one item in a bin, but you could have up to six items in a bin. So it's really hard to know what you have unless you really know the unit or what needs to be reordered or in what quantity. So it eliminates that guesswork. Anybody on my team can walk into any unit. They don't have to be familiar with that unit and they can replenish the orders on that and make sure that, you know, the, the unit is properly stocked. It helps with putting it away. It, it's reduced our, it's leveled out our ordering. You know, it's just, it's provided us with a lot of, Benefits logistically, but like I said, for the nursing team, they have what they need when they need it, which helps relieve that stress and helps improve that interaction with the nursing or the nurses with the patients.
1: Yeah, I want to kind of ask you a little bit about engagement with the clinicians and how fostering and building that trust, because I can see where, you know, and again, having worked on the floors as you know a nurse and a CNA myself. Yeah, I can remember when we would go and then, you know, we would be out of something. And like you said, we might run somewhere, but sometimes we might run to another department. We might not actually communicate at all with supply chain about it being down. And so you said, in many cases, we increase their inventory. I think that's really the cause of that, right, is you just don't get that. And because they have what they need with the two bins – then that automatically means that you're getting to order proactively like you said they would scan so you never really run out and again unless there's an anomaly but you never really run out and you're always getting an accurate reflection of inventory i can see the huge benefits there but there is like this whole dynamic between clinician and supply chain and it's it's something that you can do a really great job yes. of building <laughs> oh my and gosh, lose yes. it yes. just like that right <laughs> And, and so, do you feel like you have kind of like some stable engagement because of this process too
0: yeah it's it's so hard to build up trust and so easy to lose it. You're absolutely right, yeah, so we have a much better relationship, I think, with our nursing team because of many things in doing these projects we were on the units a lot. We spent a lot of hours on the units. We got nurses engaged before we even brought up the new carts to the unit and swapped out product because we wanted to make sure that we had the right products, that we had the right quantity, because data only tells so much. You know, in healthcare, we'll have, especially in places like the OR or ICU or the ED, you have to have certain items. You may not use it ever. You may only use it once every 10 years, but you have to have it for that one patient that comes in. So the data says you shouldn't be stocking it, but you've got to have it. So getting their engagement and their their interaction helped tremendously in starting that trust building, helping us to lay out the, the location on the shelves so that it made sense for them clinically, so that like all of your IV supplies are together and how do we want the needles placed? Because to me, I'm placing them in order of size. That may not make the most sense to the nurse. They may want it in another, you know, another way. So getting their feedback was crucial to start with. And then they saw us up there afterwards a lot tweaking things. The first unit we went up to, we had already implemented two bin. Like I said, we did a great job horizontally. We had some work to do vertically. We worked with them. They had a, a cart that was just sitting in the corner of their storage area. We asked them if they could find another place for that. That a lot. Allowed- that gave us four foot of horizontal space and six feet of vertical space that I was able to bring PPE out of a locked room and put it into the supply room. Make it more
1: accessible. More
0: accessible to the nursing team, but also more visible to my team. So somebody didn't have to call and say, hey, we need N95 masks. Hey, we need isolation gowns. So we were managing that at that point, and they always had the PPE that they needed. They saw us as a started to see us as a partner. And then during this time, nursing has a morning huddle every morning where they talk about their numbers and their patients' criticality and their special needs or staffing for the day. One of the nurses on that call said, hey, can we ask supply chain to to join this call? Because we were still running with a lot of back orders and they had a lot of questions. And we hadn't implemented this process across all the units yet. We were working on it and we did a very aggressive schedule, but we weren't there yet. So in the early spring, we started joining their morning huddle and it's the That's first, awesome. yeah, yeah, it's the first thing on the agenda. And we run through supplies for each of the unit in probably about two or three minutes typically, unless there's something that we really need to talk about. So we go through each unit, what are their supply needs, what are they missing, what you know. And at first we had quite a few items that, you know, hey, we need more of XYZ. Now I'm finding out things like we have um seven of the twelve ICU beds have trach, so we need more trach cleaning kits. Or we have a peritoneal dialysis patient, so we need peritoneal dialysis. So
1: acuity and census is information you're now getting that you wouldn't have got before. And so you could have had an anomaly, but there would have been no way for you to know that without being there at that meeting.
0: Yeah, and so because of the different things in the integration and my opinion that NERC supply chain needs to be visible and out on the units and talking to the, the people that are taking care of the patients, I ask questions like, What rate are you running that? So I know how many bags of PD fluid that I need to have for that peritoneal dialysis patient. Or if I have a CBI patient, how many bags of fluid do I need to stock for that? You know, if we have something else, that's, if I got a a D5 patient that's running at a really high rate, We don't stock a lot of that because it's not something they use all the time. So, okay, I need to overstock on that unit for this. So asking those types of questions like, what rate are you running this? Or how long is this patient going to stay? Or, you know, things like that helps us to better prepare the team so that they're not calling or they're not sending the nursing supervisor up at 2 o'clock in the morning to find something because they ran out overnight.
1: So there's also, and this is kind of my last question on this too, but there's also an allocation of inventory that you're getting out of that too versus just saying, oh, we need to order. Well, you might not need to just place a larger order because you've got a certain acuity in one area because you might already be somewhat overstocked. So instead of just responding to somebody saying that you're actually, because you're talking and immersed, I mean, really this is clinically integrated, right? You're talking to them, you're allocating supplies, you know, to just kind of go with that mix. Because when you look at it in an aggregate, sometimes when those anomalies come up, you just react to the anomaly and don't understand the context in the aggregate, right? Right.
0: And we do two things too. We share that with our supply chain team during our morning huddle as a department and then we write it on the VIS board so that the and we have an afternoon huddle with the afternoon crew as well so we share that information hey we've got the specialty patient hey we've got more isolation patients on this unit we we need to make sure we, we're checking their gowns or their masks or whatever so that information that we're getting at the morning nursing huddle we're able to share that with my team so they understand why the nurses are asking for more of this particular product and then they're making sure that they have have them stocked appropriately. And they're checking in every day. Did this patient that we had to bring extra fluid up, did they go home? Because you can't have cardboard on the unit. So I have these big (laughs) bins. So now I make sure that they take them up in big bins and we're taking the product up. We're filling the bin. When the patient goes home, then we bring everything back down to the storeroom to clean the unit out for them. And the one thing I forgot to mention about the nursing huddle in the morning, we also have a chance to share with nurses Things that we're struggling with. So if there is a product on back order, if we're bringing in a sub, any kind of product issues that we're seeing on our end, we can tell them about. And sometimes we, if we can get the information from our vendor partners in advance, we're not being reactive. We're letting them know in advance that this is an issue that, that we're dealing with. So they're not caught off guard and they can share that with their teams and their huddles as well.
1: That's really important, especially for leadership, because you're talking about staying engaged with the clinicians and maintaining that relationship. But also speaking as somebody who's been in a leadership position as a clinician, it might feel you know, to, to the leader, the clinical leader, that this really isn't their responsibility. But this is where the finger pointing comes from is what I'm getting at, is that at the same time, they can lose their staff for those reasons because the staff go to their leadership clinically and say, this is an issue. And then if they feel like it's not addressed, then all of a sudden, you know, even their own, you know, nursing leadership loses them. And, and so it's really very, it's, it really is highlighting the team approach for all of that. So you being able to be proactive and set leadership up for success also has to have, you know, exponential rewards in terms of that relationship because it has to take the heat off of them too. Right.
0: Yeah, they can share that in advance and, and, and they do. And, you know, they've let us know. It's like, you know, Hey, we would like to have this new product or that new product, or we just swapped out all of our monitors and ICU with a different vendor. So different companies. So that changed some of the supplies. So having those, we're now seeing more as the partner to help them make sure that they have what they need when they need it instead of being reactive.
1: Susan, I love the FaceTime factor and all of that because you found a project that allowed you to really be out in front and, and I'm sure you're building off of this as well. So that's phenomenal. And I guess maybe that'll be the topic of another podcast <laughs> in the future is what's the, next, what's the next project or how did you build off of this? But is there anything you want to add before we wrap up? You, you did a great job, not only in this interview, but obviously with the project. Well,
0: thank you for that. And, and I guess for me... The reason I do what I do is to feel like that. I like to feel like that I can make a difference that I'm the things that we're doing is are bringing value and I feel like that we've been doing that with the work that we've been doing in the last year year and a half or so nurses have told me that they really that things are really different since I got there and they said for the better you know they're like you can't leave and I'm like well everybody leaves (laughs) eventually I'm not going to be here forever but thank you but you know and I think that that's that's probably the most rewarding that they feel like that we are part of the team now, and that we're not just somebody there to make their life miserable.
1: <laughs> well, you're adding value. Yeah. I mean, that's really in all relationships. You know, it's a it's a value. Well, I should say it should be in all relationships, but I'll I'll say at least in all professional relationships. You know, the success of them is very much based on you know value uh, perceived, especially. And, but also actual, because actual is what really matters. But you might have been providing value and it might not have been perceived, is why I say that. And I think that visibility and the acknowledgement of it, and obviously the feedback that you've gotten means like now it's perceived. It was always there, but now it's definitely perceived. And you took advantage of a very fundamental process and made it something much bigger than that. And that's very
0: tactical that we were able to make more strategic, perhaps and back to the the whole reason why we started this conversation on the magnet status the data that they used was our our specialty question for the surveys is something about how the staff served you you know and those scores went up so they were very low in like january and february we saw it start to go up in march and in april and may they were much much higher so they they really ran their scores up quite high on that specialty question on the patients feeling like that the nurses were really engaged and really provided service to them. So that's how that ties to the magnet story.
1: Yeah. And I also think it's important that supply chain understands, and and Lisa Farmer told me this once, that supply chain can have a patient experience. And it's not always a direct patient experience, but hearing that measurement definitely connects you to the patient experience, patient outcomes, et cetera. And that's very, very important. All right, everybody, Susan Morris, Director of Supply Chain Management at MedStar Montgomery Medical Center. This is Justin Poolin live at Arm 23 in Orlando. If you didn't make it this year, definitely come next year and recharge your battery.
0: Yep. Come to Columbus. You won't be sorry. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arm Subject Matter Expert Podcast. For additional resources, visit our website at arm.org. That's A H R M M.org. Tune in next month for another edition of the Arm Subject Matter Expert Podcast.